Eating is an emotional experience, which is why managing your weight needs to be a psychological one. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. is happening welcome to episode 382 of on the corner official pitcherlist.com podcast i'm your host nick pollock and i'm joined by the ah, the the complete alex fast the the finality the the it's over it's done the frodo baggins mm. Mm. alex fast it feels good. I mean, as you know, because you make these weekly, it, it never is officially done or complete or good. But yes, it did feel, you know, it did feel good to, to there was one last puzzle piece that I couldn't find. Mm. You know, you get to that point. Actually, you don't have to worry about this anymore because you cheat now and you do the top 300. You'll do gooder. But there's a moment where you're like, <laughs> where, you're, where you're like, who is this last spot going to go to? You know what I mean? I've oh, got you're like the 100. I do, I do that every week fast. I, I do that every I, I week do, of this season. I don't. I don't get it. Well, there's also some liberty to that because next week it'll be different. Mine. This is probably it for the year. Actually, I might do a revamped in a couple weeks or something. I'm sure but still, you will. Right. Yeah. There's always like, one I mean, the like news, last one on yeah. Wednesday before the season starts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and maybe you know what we're talking about. Fast finishes top 100 starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of funny. This is the second straight podcast with you and me, where I'm the host. I, I was thinking about that, about how that must feel. So obviously you guys have heard some a podcast or two without me lost internet for about a week, which was a real Can you adventure. confirm what 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 the reason was? Uh it it was they so they said a squirrel ate the wire. See, I told you it was a squirrel. <laughs> no one believed me fast. No, no I, mean, I, I, I went on it. Miles after was like it wasn't yeah. actually a squirrel. I was like it was a squirrel. So they that's what they said to us. I mean, in the I we lost it on Friday. I flew to Boston and Chris was dealing with AT&T. They were like, "Yeah, squirrel ate it." Oh, well now uh, I'm not going to regale you with this boring tale. But the <laughs> internet's back. I'm happy to be back with my boy. I spent so two six and a half hour flights doing this top 100. I've got oh. 47,385 words on 100 pitchers. This, I'm and, ready okay, to go. I'm so excited for that. By the way, here I am like, "Yeah, I've got 46,000 on 300 you're like i've got forty six thousand on 100 and <laughs> so like, well, and i don't have that luxury because i have to cover 200 more people okay so what i do is i i do vigor i do vigorous notes which i have a little bit more time to do that specifically because like nick said he has to do 300 and i do one um and then i do a tldr for each of those pictures and that just gives uh-huh. me some content if i need to go to a podcast or something like that but i said you know what Never. I, I'm gonna yeah I'm I'm gonna include the TLDRs in the article this time around. I'm doing a pass at it now to make sure there's no bad boy language. But yeah, I'm gonna publish that with the piece Thank tomorrow. You so much, man. There is there is a lot to go over here. So th- that's coming out on Friday. Is that right? Yeah, it should come out on Friday. Okay, yeah. I, I, I get the graphic and I'm going through the TLDRs now. But it should come out tomorrow. That it would be perfect, honestly, because I am I I was going to do the draft guide tomorrow. The mm-hmm. ultimate draft guy. I was going to spend today and do that. And I realized 
I mean, if you guys have heard heard the last two podcasts uh, or the last one, me talking to Miles about uh, Ariel Cohen and his auction draft strategy, how it changed my mind or it blew my mind a lot. Yeah, I had a, I had a larger conversation with him. He said, "Well, yeah, you know, Nick, like the same stuff applies to snake drafts." And what I've been doing with the draft guide a lot has been essentially what Ariel's talking about, but I mm. haven't done it down to a science yet, and I want to. So I'm going to look, I have to make my auction values and with next to market values anyway for tout wars next week. Mm. And that is I, well, I'm going to be preparing for that one and I can merge that preparation with the draft guide. So it's going to be what you guys already know. Team uh, posi- position by position. These are the guys I'm targeting, what rounds I'm targeting them. And then at the end, you'll have that Excel spreadsheet. But mm. I'm going to also give you my market values versus uh sorry the market values versus my values mm-hmm. and you guys can use this and that will also identify where you know what rounds are the biggest value for certain positions which i already talk about like short stops for example or or uh sure. or you want to get infielders early or it's the major importance of the early rounds that kind of stuff it's just going to be amplified with this mm-hmm. uh so i want to take that extra time for you and do that but enough about me that's it that's all i get today this mm-hmm. is all about your top 100 do you have tiers? You didn't give me tiers. You just gave me a flat list. Like deal with I it. I gave you a f- I know. I gave you a flat list. I, I was trying to break it down into tiers last night, but I, I wasn't able to do it. I, I I've only done tiers once in my top one hundred, and I obviously understand the validity of them. I think they make a lot of sense. Uh but yeah, not no tiers at the moment. But we'll 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 talk about a few of these guys. You know what? Okay. Here's why I didn't do tiers. So people can come sure. talk to me about the list. That's why. There it is. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to sum this up very quickly and fast is going to hate me. Okay. Okay. Top 26, not interesting. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it doesn't fine. matter. Yeah. yeah. It's like, and actually it's really funny. Our 14, 15, 16, 17, I think are exactly the same. It, well, it changed. Right. Uh, yeah. Now that Rodon is gone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Rodon. Oh, is this including, you didn't edit out Rodon. Okay. Right, oh, right. oh yeah. So sorry. I, I'll send you the new one. It, that's the only change. I dropped him down. How do you, how do you I ever dropped. deal with this from me? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, because I love you so much. So I'll deal with it. We, we'll we'll talk about that, by the way, how we are going to treat Rodon. I talked about it in the plus pitch podcast uh, on Thursday. Um, and uh, if you have any questions about that, by all means, I'm likely going to, well, I'm going to be putting out my top 100 updated on uh either monday or tuesday um next week uh so you guys you know pay attention to that one and how it's exactly the same as fast because he's convinced me of everything <laughs> after this one but i uh, but it will i will likely have rodon in actually a condensed injury tier this is what happens for me and i'm actually curious how you approach this uh when it comes to injured guys traditionally when i do my first ranking i'm more conservative on them because the conversation is so much about the full year. It's so much more. But then when we get closer to the season starting, we realize we don't care. Give us the guys who are healthy now in pitching and we'll take our chances on longevity for the year. And that's generally how it works. And I, I look back at this and I think of like last year, um, I was lower on Rodon initially. And then by the end, I think I had it at 19 and that worked out. I had Verlander lower because of my concern, and I moved him up to about 21, and that worked yeah. out. Uh, I moved up Severino. I mean, Severino didn't quite pan out as well, uh, but those are the elite guys doing it. And I tend to, 
I tend to lean in that way as we get closer to the season to push up the injured guys. There was Zach Wheeler and Zach Gallen who are both kind of questionable injured stuff. Luis Castillo was delayed to begin the year. These are guys that actually were very productive if you got them at their draft discounts because of those mm-hmm. early injuries from, from out of camp. Lance Lynn, you can make an argument not so much. He was delayed. Same with Blake Snell. They, they turn on the second half later. But mm-hmm. it really does, to me, feel like as you get closer to the start of the year, the injured guys generally get pushed up more, and I agree with that. So like Severino, Snell, Kershaw, Musgrove, Rodon. I think those are the five. Maybe you can throw in Lynn as six there. I think so. Those six are all, I think, going to be like making up the end of the 20s now for me and like early 30s. So they're already kind of there, but like it, I'm pushing down like Webb. I'm pushing down Hunter Green. I'm mm. moving up Robbie Ray too. Um, I have to move up everybody, which doesn't make sense because then no one goes down. Um, <laughs> I, but that that's generally the thought process of mine. I'm, I'm curious how you tackled that. Because that's always something that everybody needs to do when doing these top 100s. Yeah, I think there was a piece of information that you wrote down actually in the Luis Severino um, blurb. um, Where there's almost like a part of the draft where you have to make a decision about whether you're going to... It's like health versus stuff, right? And I kind of think about it in that way where it's like... You should... You should go into the season, in my mind, with some optimism about what a pitcher is going to do. And the reason I say that isn't to be like, hey, everyone should be optimistic. No one's going to get hurt. It's because there is so rarely consistency, true consistency year over year with that kind of stuff, right? Like, put it this way. You're not going to be able to really predict injury. And I'm sure people are listening and they're like, oh, well, let me tell you, I know this guy's going to be injured because he's injured every single year. And yeah, maybe you're right. But if we don't have any reports of injury coming into camp, I think you do need to try and put that last year bias away and try and be like, okay, we, I'm going to try and project him for a little bit more than maybe you would think. Right. So for example, I'm not going to try and project a guy who I know has an injury history at 180 or 190 innings. Right. I'm not going to take Chris sale in his history and say, okay, he's going 170 this year. He's going 160, but I think it's okay to be like, all right, he can go 130. You know what I mean? Yes, sure. There has Mm -hmm. been some injury in the past and there will probably be some injury again. But I think it's realistic to say he's going to go 130. Clayton Kershaw, he's going to go 125. Even when Tyler Glasnow, you could still say, okay, maybe he goes 110. Maybe he goes 120, right? Uh, Is that is that point kind of clear? Like you could be optimistic about it even with track record. So what's what's so difficult is uh, in season, let's say you have Kershaw, right? And mm-hmm. it's you draft him. He's starting starts for a month of April. It's now May. I uh, what are you doing as far as your assessment for the next five months? Are you saying that well, I predicted a 120 innings for him, projected 130 maybe, right? Mm-hmm. Am I now expecting uh, that same number at the end of the year? So thus, do I trade him away because I expect that injury to happen, or is it mm-hmm. a decreased chance of him getting injured now because there's a month less time for him to get injured? so much context it's so about all the other sps who hit for you on your team as well like i could definitely see a world where i'm like i'm trading him like if i can get good value this is is the thing i'm trying to get at is that when you're initially making these it's like january Mm -hmm. there's still three months for them to get theoretically injured (laughs) yeah right and then yeah and then opening day arrives and they're not hurt the chances of them exceeding that projection to me is higher yeah, already. I agree on that. And I know that sounds yeah. so stupid. That sounds so silly. 
But as fantasy managers, I think that's kind of how it plays out. And, but, yeah. and we I, don't know. I find myself pushing that closer. And I, the, the, the ceiling of that going over that injury expectation or whatever, doing better than that. I, I push a little bit higher as we get closer to it, but you're right. You got to split it up. You got your floor, you got your ceiling. And I found myself with my first two starting pitcher picks. I go for floor. Thus I'm mm. looking for an electric pitcher more so than another floor guy at that yep. time. SP three. Thus I am pushing up all the injured guys first. Yeah. And that's what I'm now doing. I do have, I do have the, the, uh, fortune in this awful incident with with Rodon to release the the first top 100 100 list that is coming out the day after this news you know what I mean which almost feels like a little bit of pressure because it's like yeah so what I did was I was thinking a lot of it about what what you could expect from Carlos Rodon right um originally I had him I think around 13 or 14 right around there you had him at 11 something like that I had had 11 okay it was 11. Yeah, cheater. Wow, that was high. Okay. Uh, man, I didn't even what? remember. I had him at 11. Fast. <laughs> yeah, I, so I, I never really got him to him as a, as a top 10 guy just because I was a little bit worried about the home run concerns and things like that. And I, I, I think you and I had had a conversation with him about the fact that like yeah. it, on paper, the pitches aren't as dominant as I would have anticipated them to be. But that's neither here nor there at the moment because the present reality is he's dealing with an, an elbow injury. Nothing with the UCL. I don't think this is a death knell. Forearm. Not, However, not- UCL is fine, apparently. It's, it's yeah, just nothing with the UCL. The UCL is fine. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's nothing going on with the UCL, That's which is what great. I hear. Yeah. Yeah, we hear that he'll be shut down for about a week and likely probably to return in April, maybe May, is what I hear. Um, yeah. So probably, for me, probably, I would I pr- say the, it's perfect, would be April. I'm going to say May 1st is what we're hoping for. I don't see any reason why the Yankees would take the guy who they just signed to a six-year deal and rush him back. So I'm also going to imagine they would be a little conservative yeah. and and start him in May. So then I'm saying 150 yeah. innings from him, which I think is realistic. I think if there is no other setbacks or even if there's another IL stint, it's possible for him to reach 150 innings. I just what, are you taking the over? Taylor Ward. I just got are you doing a draft right now? I got the email. I put it on auto pick. Don't worry. But I just got oh, sniped yeah. on Taylor Ward and I'm so upset. About That's it, frustrating. Okay? Or or I wouldn't do that. You would. You would drive I would. right now. I would. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would, yeah. but That's I why knew I'm not this upset. was happening and was responsible for my league. And did I would this. bring so it up. Yeah. I would say, who should I draft? I would do it with the people. Um, so, yeah, them. for Carlos Rodon, 150 innings is what I'm thinking. Do you think that's realistic? 150 for Rodon? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd say 140. No. You say 150. Okay, well, think fine. about this way. Like, he threw 175, 180 last year. You've removed mm-hmm. like a month, right? Yeah. So if you remove a month or so, that's like 30 innings, uh, 30 to 40 innings. Yeah, 150. Yeah, yeah, 150, 140. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 that's fine. Yeah, we're like the same idea of that. Right. I think it's higher than Kershaw's, for example. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Either way, if it's between 140 and 150, which we can agree upon, that it's negligible in ranking, right? I, I would probably wouldn't exactly. shift them too much. So I what I did then was... Oh, yeah, that was I did think it was funny that you said that when I went to go find you in the Twitch chat. So originally I was thinking, okay, maybe what I'll do is I will put that's why I was thinking this. So you're right. I had him 11. Then I was like, okay, maybe I'll drop him right behind Strider and Christian Javier, because I honestly think, too, there's a possibility that one of those guys could just get 150 innings, specifically Strider. It wouldn't surprise me if he just won 150. Um, But then I said, you know what? That's being a little too conservative with Strider. So I brought him down to Severino, which makes a lot of sense because both of those guys, I wouldn't anticipate getting more than. 150 155 innings um maybe severino can get a little bit more 
at that point, you figure Rodon is going to have ERA covered. You could probably have a better whip and going to have more strikeouts. So to me, strikeouts, yeah, I think absolutely. if you're if if you're drafting after that, if you're drafting later on after you hear this, that's probably where I'm taking him. Also around Musgrove, right? There there are some injury concerns between Musgrove, Rodon, Severino, and Cortez, and that's why I have 25 through 28. So I, that kind of seemed like the perfect tier where it's like they're either currently dealing with a broken toe or some other injury, or I don't really yeah. know what their innings are going to look like. So, so this is what how I want to do this. Um, I mean, if you want, just go through your your top. Honestly, your top twenty four at this point, mm-hmm. because I, I again, I don't really think there's anything too spicy in here. I, mm-hmm. I, I actually, I have publicly said for a week that I'm swapping Garrett Cole and Coburn Burns, and you did that. So I actually never heard I'm that too. From you. Well, there you go. No, 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 no. You no. came on the Twitch stream, by the way. Uh, it's yeah. oh, by the way, three when, days. My fast comes on the. When he comes on the Twitch stream, it's like, what? Oh my God, we're <laughs> graced with your presence. This is unbelievable. Stop. But it, it feels like it feels like a dad checking in to see if we want more uh <laughs> bagel bites or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tostitos, yeah. <laughs> right? He just comes in. We're like, oh, it's fat. Oh, hi. Yeah, no, we're good. Thanks. <laughs> Don't go to bed too out, late. You know? And like, is he still listening? Is he there? Like, oh no, he's not there. He can't hear us. It's fine. You know, we don't really That's know that great. you're there or not, but like he's not there anymore. It's okay. That's really good. Um, He went there for 30 seconds. So, I mean, look, OK, you want to say it all the way through? I don't, don't want to take your thunder here. This is uh, I mean, this is pretty much what I have save for like a couple other things. So we're good. Yeah. Th- I mean, uh, as you, I think you've kind of hit it about the, what, what did you call this tier of guys when we started doing this top 20 review? You think oh, I remember top- the tiers I do every. No, 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 not the tiers, but you called this like a, the, the top, like the one through 25 you referred the, ace, the aces of dubs aces of dubs right so really like there are a few guys that there's also a a kind of standard deviation here too and there are some guys that i think i personally might be higher on or i was kind of surprised that i was higher on but going Mm -hmm. from the top yeah i i put cole one over burns i think right cole i I do not to get to conspiracy theory but i do think that some of the goldilocks ball that we saw with that was a fun argument that was a fun argument he gave yeah i think he that i i do think either way goldilocks ball or not i think the home runs are going to come down a little bit more for garrett cole and i think he there's it doesn't matter too you can go cole burns it really doesn't matter all that much brandon woodruff comes in at my number three and i was so excited by what he did after he came back with dealing with reynolds disease and i think that is something that it isn't it's a nagging injury but one that theoretically or it's not even an injury it's a disorder right it's a disease but one that is treatable so it's not like something where it's like oh he's got a lat injury you know what i mean it's something that was a problem that he was able to figure out and the numbers that he put up were substantial enough that i think he could like arguably be a cy young candidate this year yeah sure um Sandy Okantara, I actually had a little bit lower because i still am relatively scared off by what's going to happen with the one one position lower I meant no. Originally, I actually almost had him at like eight or nine. Oh, okay. But then, then so I was. Uh, I think I was overvaluing how much the shift stuff would theoretically matter. I didn't yeah. want to dig into it too much, and I think the volume in and of itself could mitigate it. Right. That's what's so good about him is any theoretical warts that happen, like uh, any Dodger start, for example, where he tries to throw against the Dodgers, are mitigated in roto leagues, especially by the amount of innings that he puts up. Um, and they're substantial innings, and he's just going to compile for you across all of the categories as a result of that. McClanahan, 
I also was going to like this tier of McClanahan, Verlander, DeGrom, Otani, Wheeler, and Scherzer is super difficult because they're all guys with a lot of bona fide upside. Honestly, there was a part of me that wanted to do what Eno did, which is make Shohei Otani a top five starter. Because while that sounds a little crazy, you don't you're you're probably going to get as many innings out of Otani as you are from DeGrom. And while DeGrom is going to have um, a higher K rate, he will not have more Ks. He will have a better whip in an ERA. My point isn't to say Otani's better than DeGrom. It's not. DeGrom is the greatest pitcher on the planet. It's to say that if you're going to say, okay, well, I'm going to get fewer innings from DeGrom, but Otani, I should put a little bit later, you're going to get more innings from Otani. And I think they're going to be very, very quality innings. In my research on him i'm not really concerned about that four seamer i think maybe there even is a chance that the sinker could be increased which could theoretically benefit what he's doing i think the splitter and the slider two absolutely elite pitches and whereas in the past i was like oof i don't trust the four seamer he's succeeded with it because of that velocity so it didn't really matter to me scherzer felt a little weird to put a little bit um at the uh, back end right to make him number 10 but i think we saw a little bit of fatigue out of him last year yeah it wasn't necessarily just the fact that he pitched fewer innings it just seemed like this is a guy who was what 39 40 um he's getting up there and he just looked a little bit more gassed at the end of the year and while i think he can be very dominant that's a little bit concerning to me castillo you and i have had a lot of in-depth talks about i just think that we circled our whiskey yeah. Well, the changeup has kind of gone by the wayside and there's a great piece on baseball perspectives from Michael Hedo about some insight into that. He has established a fantastic slider and the fact that he is now in um, T-Mobile, which is much uh, more conducive to being a fly ball park than Great American Ballpark. I mean, the Little League park around the corner for me is more conducive to fly balls than Great American Ballpark. But How often it, do you it, hang it, at that Little League park? I, I go every day because that's where I play not with even my dog. one yet. <laughs> I play with my dog over there. Tokyo and I go over there. Um, so I think that could be a big step forward for him. I think he can get a good amount of innings. Spencer Strider is one that you and I are kind of in alignment on, but I think you and I might be like Eno has him three. Um, a lot of Something people have like him that. top. A lot of people have him top 10. There was another fantastic article that came out from Eno yesterday, which was like, can he succeed with two pitches? Right. Right. And you should go read the article on The Athletic. But one major point of it was like, we've never really seen two pitches of his caliber, right? We've never seen two elite pitches with that velocity and that movement profile. We've seen guys go four seam slider a lot. We saw it with Robbie Ray, but we haven't seen that profile. That made me move him up. I actually had him even lower, Um, but I still feel a little bit weird taking a two pitch profile with what I think could still be an injury risk and putting that in my top 10. And how do you feel different? Do you feel the same with Christian Javier? Do you move them both up together? Um, I Christian Javier, I think I actually had a little bit higher. Um, the only reason I think I bumped Strider above Javier was because the person who was right behind guys who had most balls hit into the shift behind Alcantara was Christian Javier. Mm-hmm. Um, so that to me was like, while I think a lot of the guys in Houston are not going to fall prey to a lot of the shift rules like Framber Valdez he just gets balls into the ground no matter what and I, I, I did, it didn't seem like he was uh, benefiting from the shift too much Christian Javier did seem like he was and while I am excited about Javier and I'm happy to have him top 15 because I think the sky can be the limit for him it felt that anything that I did above that would almost be like hot take level would be like bold prediction level as opposed to something that was a yeah. little bit more housed in yeah, reality that makes sense so um this is it's a very interesting thing. First of all, 
just want to say, isn't it fun to like do all the research in these guys and you just have something to say in every single one and you can't just like skip them along, right? It's like, okay, cool. We're just going to talk about number 45 now. And you go, wait, no, <laughs> I got to talk about all these guys. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it great? I am yeah. very surprised that I've been able to remember this because I haven't even looked at my notes once. That is a little <laughs> bit of a surprise. See, yeah, Isn't it fun? That's, isn't it great? Yeah. But you know what? I, I do want to actually comment a couple of things here and I will after this break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Most weight loss programs are short-term fixes. But the problem is managing your weight needs a long-term solution. And that's what makes Noom different. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight today and in the future. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. And we're back. Uh, I, I do agree with you about Max Scherzer. I am going to, I think, lower him underneath Strider in mine. Mm. Mm. Uh, I, I'm, I am very concerned about a lot of the stuff with Scherzer. Um, his velocity is back now at 94. It was just yesterday in spring training. But when we talk about volume and what we can depend on, I kind of feel like Strider on a per inning basis is better than Scherzer. Um, and yeah. as far as innings go, I can't really tell you that Scherzer is going to have more innings than Strider. So because of that, I feel like I need to put Strider ahead of Scherzer right now. Um, That's I totally valid. Different on you on on Zach Wheeler. I think he, I just think he's so good. He's just mm. he's just so good. And Otani to me scares me slightly because he is so slider focused. Fastball is not good. Um, I know the sinker profiled out stuff plus everything like that did well fine. Four seamer has been an issue for him for ages, and it's really been. Slider cutter change up, really change up being the splitter, where the slider is the only consistent one. It's been a, increased it to 45%. It was one of the best pitches in baseball. But the fact yeah. that it's not, uh, you know, as your concerns about being a two pitch pitcher and all, the fact that Otani is so heavily reliant on one pitch. And of course, you throw in mm. that I think he is capped at 170 innings or whatever as, most, the, yeah. as the peak. Um, does make me want to go for somebody else like Aaron Nola, who I think I can trust to get 200 strikeouts this year, right? 
Um, so that's kind of the difference there. But I mean, really, this is just, um, as I like to say, yeah. making pits here. Um, and <laughs> well, it's, I, just uh, real quick. On Otani, yeah. I do I do hear what you're saying. I think because I remember, like the, originally, one of our old conversations was about Otani old. after he debuted. I, I I agreed with you. I thought the four seamer was was not good, and it was going to lead to a, a a dip in results. But he's succeeded every year, and I think the reason why is just because the velocity. I mean, obviously, it can oh, get yeah. hit. There's no denying it. But the wait, velocity wait helps him. Huh? Wait a second. Oh my god! My it's mind all is going up. back here. My to, mind to is last going. year. Last Dave. year, we had a debate oh. with Joe Pisapia, Pisapia, and me, and you. Yeah. It was the three of us. Uh-huh. And it was yeah. about Otani. And I had him at like 50 or something. I had him like low or something like that, right? Was Maybe it two it years was, ago or last uh, year? Oh, no, it was two years, entering 2021. Yeah, it was two years ago. Yep. That was with Dan Harris. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember it was like, Shohei Otani, do we go for it or not? And like, Otani was going at past 50. Yep. And I said, guys, what are you doing? Of course you get Otani. And you're mm-hmm. like, absolutely not. This fastball's terrible. And Dan's you like, ham it up. I'm going to give it to Alex. And I go, this is an outrage. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you know what the are. irony is, though? The irony How is, the, though. And tables have turned. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're doing it on Tuesday. And we're doing it on Tuesday, too. Uh, we're doing it on Tuesday, Tuesday but it's funny. Tuesday. Yeah, that you. Uh, yeah, it's coming up. But you d- you made the exact same argument that I made, and like you said, how the tables have t- how the turns have tabled. Well, because- it was because he was after fifty, but now he got him at sure. eight. And uh, I'm like, well, I yeah. can't. You know, I think much. his velocity allows him to get away with a lot of the things with the four seamer, and I think <laughs> you could also make an argument. It has. Look at what he did last year with it. I mean, come on, the results overall, the results yeah. overall were unbelievable. I'm not saying it's necessarily the velocity velocity that's doing that. Right. Like it's the velocity has been there before and the fastball has been crushed. It's, sure. It's, it's not the velocity. That's the reason for it. I would say it's more of he's figured something out maybe with the slider and fastball. But anytime that happens where right, I don't necessarily know if the pitch itself has changed so much, mm. it often does feel more precarious of those results sticking year to year. Yeah. So I hope you're right. I mean, uh, baseball is best when Shohei Otani is the number one player in baseball. Of course. So. Should have been the MVP. I honestly don't disagree. I, I, I honestly, the fact that it was just Judge pisses me off or makes me very angry. Can we say that? Uh, it it's, ticks me off. I'll <laughs> say. Can, uh, say that. that's all right. All right, that's my God. Look what you've turned me into. Um, I think it should have been Co. It should have <laughs> uh, been Co or years. Show. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Show MVP. That's funny. Yeah, uh, show MVP. yeah it's almost we're almost seven years fast. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I believe it. I feel like I've known you all my life at this point. Meanwhile, the four seam for him wasn't even that bad last year. It, uh, it was the 95th okay, percentile. Yeah, it but was the 87th percentile that. in hard contact. <laughs> the framing of that is everything you need to know, guys. It wasn't even that bad. Not like 87th really percentile good. in hard contact. 87th percentile in hard contact is is elite. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it, it's a good pitch. Like I, I, oh, I thought I was. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a good pitch. Okay. Uh, other things to m- remark here inside of your aces of dubs. You do have George Kirby at 21, oh, which baby. means you push down Kevin Gosman um, to 22, Alec Manoa to 24, and then put Framber Valdez at 23. So I'm assuming this is just a fear of what's going on in Toronto. Uh, um, actually, it's mostly just a love of George Kirby. Like, I, I, I do think Kevin Gosman is going to be fine. I, I I project him for a lower ERA. I think I'm totally... I'm, I'm digging it. I just... You got to have one guy that maybe you're a little unreasonably high on. And for me, it's George Kirby. It, it just feels like his ability to limit hard hit fly balls and the amount mm-hmm. of elite things that he was able to do in a, a rookie year. Yeah. 
is fantastic. I and I think he's got the like, arsenal to have success. I'm leaning yes with you. I mean, I have him at like 25, 26. I do question if I am over exaggerating his ability to get a legitimate whiff secondary. Sure. And yeah. that might hold him back. It could. But even if it does, the floor with that is what? Floor is pretty good. Um, floor is pretty a good. mid to I, low I three the ERA? Hit, the hit per nine needs to come down. And sure. that that is something that I hope you know the development of a secondary that is legitimate can do. And Kevin Gosman, I mean, oh man, it, I, I've been debating so much what to do with Alec Manoa and Kevin Gosman. And I kind of am envious that you have them both down this low. I, <laughs> you too. You too can live yeah. this life. I know. I know. Um, but I mean, otherwise, this is all good. So we're going to move past that. You have Musgrove then at 25, Rodon 26, Severino 27, um, Nestor Cortez Jr. 28. I'm actually surprised that you didn't really group like Blake Snell, Clayton Kershaw, Lance Lynn in here. You actually have them scattered. Tyler Glasnow scattered below. And mm. look, this is this is a, this is a ranking. OK, the next one I'm about to say. <laughs> I have not seen this picture this high. Um, maybe someone else has. I'm blind. I don't go off seeking other rankings on purpose for starting sure. a pitcher because I don't want to be biased as much as possible with mine. I'm sure I have my biases, but I don't want to add more to that. And here comes Drew Rasmussen, who I've actually <clears throat> been pretty high on. I've been like, hey, Drew Rasmussen, what's up? I took him to TGFBI. I'm like, yo, PLV loves this guy. He has not been able to put it together, though, as far as whiffs go yet. And yet you have him at 29 above, say, Robbie Ray, who seems like one of the best arms to target to get for a chance for 200 strikeouts after the aces of dubs. So what is making you go with Drew Rasmussen here? Yeah, so where do I have him? I have him at like 29, yeah, which probably is relatively high. I think you get back-to-back seasons of like the sub-3 ERA from him. Um, the first season, though that we see that primarily as a starter 284 ERA 326 fit first time over 100 innings too we saw the swing strike rate jump uh which is pretty rare when you're going from a relief pitcher to a starting pitcher right um yeah sure i, I do like that it out as a reliever and then uh you take it a notch back as a starter yeah, I, I think one of the things that got me a little bit excited is the increase in velocity that he started to show in spring training, um, right? Because he's sitting up a tick or two on most of his pitches. He's really, really good at locating that slider. But last year, the pitch didn't really do a lot in terms of whiffs. It had a 16% swing strike rate last year, which was just about league average. The ex-woba on the pitch was really poor. It was 334, which is 20th percentile. So not really encouraging overall. But I do think there actually could be a way in which he takes a step forward with that slider. Because when he got it out of the zone, it was super dominant for him. It wasn't out of the zone a lot, though. So I do think there's actually a chance that he could take that slider, put it out of the zone a little bit more. Because when he did, when he was able to successfully locate his slider out of the zone, it had a 21% swing strike rate, which was top 30 in all of baseball. Um, I also like the changes that the Rays made him do with that four-seamer last year. They kind of cut down on it. They introduced the cutter, and the cutter was great. Almost 90th percentile in PLV, 70% swing strike rate, 89th percentile, 259 Woba. 84th percentile so i think he does have these really good weapons give him a few more innings and he could succeed you got sniped again though while we were talking no, about your Rasmussen. no fast yeah fast fast saw me react a lot um first of all i do want to say great points about your Rasmussen. i hope that you're all right the concerns are about 
you know, the Rays letting him go very deep and can he they have to now or not. Also, it's felt a little bit like he's overperformed a bit with Whip and ERA in the past. And is this just kind of a Toby hiding underneath? If he returns a 20% strikeout rate, 21%, it's just bold. Of, uh, so I hope you're right. Um, When Carlos Rodon got hurt, you put out mm-hmm. a tweet fast. What mm-hmm. was that tweet? Uh, I said again, hindsight is 2020. But I think right now, more than ever, the uh, the Yankees could use some pitching depth. And that Jordan Montgomery tweet or that Jordan Montgomery trade does perpetually keep coming back to maybe bite him in the butt. There are who valid points trade? against that. There are very valid points. They, oh no! Did, did Harrison Bader get? Did Harrison Bader get injured? Suffered a left oblique injury. Oh my god! That's cursed. That's just cursed. That is just cursed. Oh no! Oh Harrison no! Bader. Harrison Bader. Oh, no. My entire argument was keep Montgomery, get the depth, pay a little money for Brandon Nimmo, maybe sign Michael Conforto and shift him over. Obviously not ideal. Heck, get Kiermaier. I mean, I will will never not laugh when you say Michael's name. Uh, Michael Conforto? Conforto. (laughs) How do you say it? How are you supposed to say it? It's like, I don't remember who it was who was saying, um, maybe it was that first pitch Florida who says Verlander, like Verlander. Verlander. Like it's Verlander. Yeah. Uh, I, like no, I was with uh, the Triple Play Fantasy. It's like out of Game of Thrones or something like that. <laughs> Conforto. Yeah. The House of Verlander. Same idea. Yeah, God. But yeah, Harrison Bader. It's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. It's, he's, has he played a single regular season game with the Yankees? I, yeah, seriously, I don't know. <laughs> Was I it mean, all of the playoffs? It's oh my god! I know it's a pitching podcast and stuff, but there's a joke between Fast and me of like my take on that trade was the Yankees needed that for the playoffs. It was looking really good every time he had a home run. I sent Fast a message <laughs> that was just all caps Harrison Bader, <laughs> and now I'm whispering it to him. Hmm. It's it's pain. Anyway, Drew Rasmussen number twenty nine is very bold. Um, yeah. I hope that works out. I, I will say continuing too, on here. Yeah, please. Wait, there's one that I wanted to hit before that too, because I, I I think I might actually be a little <laughs> bit higher on him than the field. Oh, the turntables. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is very funny. That is very funny. I'm not too. <laughs> I, I. It's nice to see how the. So what Nick is joking about is like I will often why. breeze ahead. Yeah, I will often breeze. Fast ahead. tries to push you, me. I'm like, no. There's someone I gotta mention. Yeah, and I should see, give it to you. The, you it's nice. Yeah. It, the, the, I feel very as if we are a yin and yang right now. Um, is you Darvish? Um, I think mm. uh, you. Um, a lot of people might not have him inside of their top twenty, and that's very, very understandable. I. Yeah, sure. You have him at twenty. Uh, you have him at twenty-one. Um, I've or seen. 22. You have him at twenty-four. Like it's, it's all this. You have him at twenty-four. Right, you have him at twenty-four. Well, no, twenty. It's twenty-two now. Oh, because the two people got injured. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, so for, for Darvish, I think that there's a possible, like he just mysteriously stopped elevating his four seamer last year. And mm. when he did elevate that four seamer, he was so fantastic. Yeah. I don't know you Darvish. It's all anecdotal, but I would imagine with his passion of pitching that if someone went to you Darvish and said, Hey, all you gotta do is elevate that four seamer again. And it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, he'll probably do that. And if he can do that and if he can pair it with a slider or any new kind of sweeper or whatever, if he, ha- God knows he's got 10,000 sliders in his arsenal. If he could find that combination, you know, it'd be so funny to me if you Darvish turned into like, uh, like Spencer Strider, 
and was like, I'm just going four seam slider. That's it. Because right? honestly, if he Such did, slider. I don't is, though, know cutter, if it would be a bad thing. Grades, the cutter grades as a top 10 PLV, though. And that, that's a, that's the difference, though, is that I think actually that was a huge thing for Darvish. We talked about Darvish having like 10 pitches, but mm-hmm. ultimately he has three in my head. He has a four seamer, he has a cutter, and he has a slider. Yeah. Um, those are the real ones that he throws. And I actually think that can very much work. Um, yeah, it would, be, it'd be, it would be a beautiful thing, right? Right. If we can just be here on armchairs and be like, okay, let's just call up you, Darvish. But yo, what's up? Can you please throw high fastballs and just stop and just throw more sliders, right? And that's it. Um, but we can only dream. Yeah. Uh, so at 19, it's open that it comes to fruition. I'm crossing my fingers with you that it does. Okay. Um, I don't hate it. Um, Zach Allen didn't really do well in the spring so far. He looks a little bit behind. Then again, he was behind last year. And then last year, that was fine. Uh, but you have him at 20. George Kirby, we talked about. Gosman, we talked about. Fred Valdez at 23. I'm personally expecting some sort of step back from last year, which also came with a 116 whip. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what has me concerned about Valdez is that it, if I'm expecting any sort of regression, then that also affects the whip, which means that's going to be painful in some aspects. And I'd rather go with Robbie Ray with uh, with the similar whip, but much more strikeouts in my view. So mm-hmm. that's that's kind of the trade off there that I have. But I, I totally get like you expect the ERA to be much better with Framber Valdez, maybe a higher win chance. That makes all the sense if you want to put that again uh, above Robbie Ray. That seems cool to me. I'm, I'm going to have them like neck and neck. Um, so that that's all good. Anyone else you like to talk about before we move on fast? Well, uh, no, I think that's it. I mean, I think the last point I guess I'll make about Val- right. Ray and Ray has that new splitter inside of spring. It made me move him so. up a, a little bit. I, I it's just the velocity for me with him. Like well, I, the velocity if he's sitting, has been at 93 from my understanding. So that's good. that's not good. I don't think no, that, it was like, 92 he, last year. I, but I think I just don't know if that's necessarily going to sustain over the course of the full year for him. I think didn't he, one, at what point uh, he was sitting. He wasn't was he sitting 94 and then he went up. It was mm-hmm. it was he started slow and then got better as the season went on, from my understanding. Uh, and then it was 94 in 2021. Yeah. Uh, when he initially had his like, whoa, what's up? I'm Robbie Ray. And um, yeah. That's the anecdote, right? The difference between 93 and 94 is the largest difference in, in terms of fastball velocity, right? And shout shout out to Kyle Bland. Uh, based off of something that I had heard on Rates and Barrels, I was curious to see if that band still existed, right? I was like, oh, well, considering fastball velocity is higher than ever, maybe that's 94 and 95 now. It's not mm-hmm. the case. The difference between 93 and 94 still showed that it was the most impactful overall. Oh, so it, so it's like as if the band Deep Purple was still around. Does did they really still exist? I don't I thought they stopped. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's exactly yeah, what I was the thinking. Yeah, it's the same idea. Yeah, yeah. It's the same awesome. idea. They I just don't think we saw what happens at 93 last year and we saw what happened at 95 in 2021. And I think that's a big difference. So I that that to me is why I had him a little bit lower because if that velocity isn't sure. there, I still think the struggles could be there too. I what I'm thinking is going to happen is, I think the splitter is going to replace the sinker. Uh, I think the sinker was a stopgap. Yeah, and, that's interesting. I uh, it does not grade out well. I mean, he throws it away to righties, which is not how you throw sinkers. You don't throw sinkers away to opposite-handed batters. You throw them inside to seam, like you throw it in unless that you're same Nola. location, but the opposite. Well, no, no, but that's that's coming back door, mm, sure, right, right. No, so Nola doesn't do that to lefties. Nola does front to door left- to lefties, sure. Yeah. So opposite handed batters, right? He does oh. back door to same handed batters. Yeah, uh, okay, right. You with me? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm with uh, you. Th- that's strange that Ray would do that a ton. 
And why are models like, that's bad. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can make an argument that it might look at, it's just made his four seamer that much better doing that kind of thing. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Honestly, at the end of the day, I see a winning ball club with the Mariners. And totally. uh, there's one thing that Rob Silver taught me in first pitch Arizona. It was focus on wins more than you think. Mm. Uh, and Robbie Ray is in a very good position to get lots of wins, but so is Framer Valdez. Speaking of wins, we're going to talk about 30 through uh, through 40 now, and we're going to do that right after this break. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Kicking off the 30s here after Robbie Ray is 31 and 32, Hunter Green and Tristan McKenzie. I was the high man, I think, on Hunter Gray. I kind of went for it. PLV loves it. The four senior. Hunter Gray? Hunter Green? Hunter Gray, did I say? I, I like yeah. this fast. Hunter Purple. <laughs> and Hunter Green elevated mm. four seamers while well the end of the second half. Hasn't done that well, actually, in the spring thus far. And I'm actually concerned about this because, sure, theoretically, you know, he's ramping up. But when, to me, the value of a pitcher from becoming a cherry bomb and actual ace is legitimately that command that he learned in the second half and to see it already being disrupted is is concerning especially when he's a part of the reds i'm uh, not going to get a lot of wins and inside that terrible home park yep it makes it tough for me to chase him instead of say like blake snell for example or joe ryan the guys that or lance lynn things that we feel a lot more confident in their consistent value here you have him at 31 what is pulling you uh, forward on green instead of the other ones? Yeah, you make a good point. And to be honest, I might actually drop him down even a little bit more for tomorrow. Not just necessarily because of the spring training things, but I think sometimes when you talk about these things, you realize like if there's a spectrum and you're looking at what the floor and the ceiling is and what's more realistic and what they're going to establish. Sometimes as you rank guys, you overly weight a floor, you overly weight a ceiling. And Hunter Green, I might be overly weighting the ceiling, right? And it's funny because I actually was a little bit more out on him than 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 you were when the first rankings came out. And then when I look at these rankings, it doesn't really reflect that. It's I think it's all the pendulum po- every year, you know, it's yeah, sweet one way, and you see like, does this feel right? And yeah. Like, nope, so what I think, get out of here. What I, what I think I actually might do then is drop him down below Dustin May, actually, and put him in like 38, 39. Oh, that, well, that's that a conversation to have too. We're gonna get there in a second. But, uh, but I think for Green, you make a really good point about the 
It's the second half, right? So, okay, there's things that we can't control, which is the ballpark, which is always going to be a negative for him, sure. right? It's never going to be beneficial for him. The four-seamer is fantastic, right? We know it. You've established it. You've talked about it. It's a great pitch. The second half, it was absolutely Slider's dominant. better. Exactly. Um, we should never really overly wait a half-season sample, right? Like, sure. we just don't yeah. know what the repeatability of that half-season sample is, right? right. Now, I mean, sometimes there's going to be Corbin Burns for six starts or whatever in 2020, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. he's the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah. But sometimes it's Andrew Kashner to win a league, and then it's just terrible the next year. Or you Darvish, right? Remember, he came off that historic second half, mm-hmm. and then the next year put up like a high three, low four ERA or something. Yeah. Jack Flaherty is a different example because he's been dealing with injury so much. But it's been seven years we've been talking about the inconsistencies of you Darvish. Seven um, years. And here I am like a dingus putting him at 19. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. So for Green, I- I'm going to drop him down a little bit more. But then at, at the end of the day, like the. The upside is very, very exciting. If he, you have yeah. to figure he does get back to it at some point, even if it isn't right away. It might take him a little bit to find it, but when he can do the kind of Blake Snell blueprint, then he can be fantastic. The thing is, so I've I've compared him a lot to, uh, you know, Hunter Green is Spencer Strider and Christian Javier. The big difference is that Christian Javier plays for the Astros and Spencer Strider plays for Atlanta, mm. and Green yeah. is with the Reds, and that is hurting him not only in win potential and ballpark. Yep. Also with the organization, I trust the the other two a little bit more. Not to say the Reds are bad at development. They are hmm. certainly ahead of many others that we talk about. But I do trust the other two just a touch more um, yeah. at this moment. Um, I want to move on because we've got not much time left to talk about two thirds of this entire thing. <laughs> um, Tristan McKenzie is right up next. Mm-hmm. And this is one I have a big difference with you on. I'm mm-hmm. out. I put him on my bus list. Our PL projections have him at a four ERA. But you see something different here. Yeah, Tristan McKenzie, I'm trying to, now this is someone, we finally got to the point where I don't remember exactly what I wrote down, so I'm putting Uh-oh, my notes fast. on him. Oh, no. So we, no, that's all right. Hey, it's good. This is why I got 48,000 <laughs> words. So we saw him increase his command You issues. added more words than me. You saw it as a challenge and like. <laughs> I, no, I wasn't done. I had four readers. Everyone's just, this competition's good for the consumer, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, you, you saw the great jump in innings showing that he could come closer to 200, which is nice. One of the problems that I have from him a long time ago was the, was the splits, right? Remember, I always used to rail against him for the splits. Like he couldn't, he had nothing that he threw against lefties. He, he increased, <laughs> what? What are you laughing at? I'm just seeing you at like a pick and sign at a game, be like, get your splits in order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crush those lefties. You can do it. Uh, he increased his slider usage 14% last year. It's a career high. It's not great. It did not go well. It's not um, a good slider. It's unbelievably yeah. inconsistent. He did bring his walk right down, though, which I think is good. Um, he increased his Control zone right on the force. No, that's sure. The, but he increased the, the messes me up. But go, that's it was a pretty big jump on the four seamer and the slider in terms of getting them in the zone. But you're right. It's not precision. It's not, it's not precision. Um, the four seamer improved a lot, though. And maybe that is because of that, right? I think the thing, too, about McKenzie is he almost does kind of remind me of, of Shane Bieber or any other Cleveland Guardian pitcher in which you're like, you look at it and you're like, this isn't what the league is doing, right? Your heater is not elevated, right? Uh, your His heater is usually kind of in the Shane Bieber way and that's a bit lower than others. And then it also gets a, a good amount of hard contact as well. Um, it is also a bit odd to see how much success McKenzie is able to have with his relatively, he's got like a pretty low CSW, 
pretty low fastball velocity and a pretty yeah. good amount of hard contact that he gave up. And maybe those are all your very apt points of why you think he's going to regress. To me, if I look at that Guardians model, it's almost like these are the pitchers that they just kind of like always. Well, the get thing away is they, they normally have two really good secondaries, two of them. Mm, and I think one that he isn't consistent enough with, which is the curveball. The curveball was bounced so much. Mm. And he's not like it's not like Shane Bieber's. It's not not at all. You know, not like Corey Kluber in the past or Carrasco even with the slider and changeup. Right? It was. It's totally different to me. Yeah. Um. And the fastball, I think, oh, it performed far better than it should have. I'm pretty scared about it. Um. And watching him even recently, he's not there. He's not locked in yet in the spring. I mean, again, spring training. It's hard to put so much weight on this stuff. But for me to. When it comes to guys that I'm questioning any sort of command and consistency, mm-hmm. I want something right now to say like, oh, you know what? What He has done things to suggest already. That he's worked on it through the offseason and now going in that right direction. It doesn't look like Tris McKenzie has done that. I don't think that we're going to see a different McKenzie in 2023 as far as skills go. I hope I'm wrong. And I have him inside my top 45, so it's not like... I refuse to have him on my rosters like the projections would say, you know, like it's a four ERA and a 124 whip. I personally think, okay, that's going to be a little bit better than that though. Putting him ahead of Logan Webb of mm. Joe Ryan, Logan Gilbert, um, Clayton Kershaw. These things to me are much more secure values and mm. production yeah. for your teams. While McKenzie, I think is too risky for me. That's a good point. I, I think so. To me personally, I don't think it's too outlandish to suggest that he probably has a mid three ERA. I think he can have like a three five or three four five ERA, right? He absolutely um, could. He could have the three ERA. You know, I'm totally. not saying he can't. So, it, yeah. For me, uh, so th- this is where I projected him out as. I gave him uh, 185 innings, right? I gave him which he can do because he did 191 last year. I gave him a mid three ERA, and I gave him a 1.12 WHIP. Now, all of those are significant step backs from last year, right? 1.12 whip is nice. That is that is a He had a 95 whip last year and a 118 whip in 2021. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm expecting the walk rate to get worse and the hit per nine to go higher. But that's... Even with the walk rate at 12% in 2021, he had a 118 whip. Yeah, I know. The hit per nine was weird. (laughs) Sure. But what I'm saying is we've seen this repeatable for back-to-back years from him. So, even if... Let's say we make it a 118 whip. Right. Let's say we bring it up to almost 120. Yeah, that's that's about the same amount of innings as Logan Webb. In my mind, that's a slightly worse ERA and a slightly worse whip than Webb, but maybe a five percent higher K rate. So to me, it's like I'll take the strikeouts uh, and I'll take the innings. You should be lowering both McKenzie and Webb. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I hear you. But I think even any of those guys, if I, 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 I you know what I did? I'll, I'll admit this. I did not want to not be the high guy on Joe Ryan. So I was like, Nick's got him at 39. He's my 38. I wanted to, I could put Joe Ryan as high as I'm willing to go. Right. Oh, you do. You know, all right, right. High and low is really hard to describe because like saying you're oh, high yeah. on a guy is actually low in the ranking. Yeah. I wanted so to be the mean, low slash high man. I wanted to have him higher, like better on my list than anyone else. So you're like, oh, that doesn't clarify it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even still, there, there, there's, there's warts with all these guys, right? I mean, after you yeah, get past course. pitcher five, so, there's warts. 
So, all right. So I think that was an interesting discussion with McKenzie. We're going to keep going here of like Logan Webb. There's Chris Sale, Clayton Kershaw, Tyler Glasnow, Dustin May, Joe Ryan, mm. um, Logan Gilbert, Nick Lodolo. So uh, very quickly, um, I think a lot of people say, wow, 34 Chris Sale seems a little aggressive, especially ahead of, say, Clayton Kershaw, who we know is going to be productive over kind of a similar amount of innings. Um, what, what do you see from Chris Sale? Spring training, Velo, right? Didn't we just report that he was sitting pretty with his with his uh 94, velocity? 95, yeah. Not That's like the, the old time, but yeah, okay. So you think like it's I, gonna be peak Chris Sale-ish? I don't know if it'll be peak, but I don't think it'll be as poor as it's been in relative years. Yeah. I think it was Chris Sale was like one of those things. Chris Sale is a perfect example, and you might have even mentioned him earlier on about one of those guys where it's like the injury ones that we push them up closer to the we're thing. like, what are yeah. we talking about? Chris you Sale's sitting ninety four with me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that I'm, was I'm it for me. Why you here? I am yeah. surprised at, I mean, does uh, say what you want about Glasnow, put him wherever you want, guys. We have no idea at this point. Sure. It, it's weird. Um, Dustin May is a very intriguing one because I don't think I've seen too many people be very aggressive with. He came back from Tommy John last year. May had a good first start against the Marlins, but then looked shaky in the rest of the season. Could not get whiffs on his breaking stuff. Couldn't really find the, the feel of everything, but that's traditional after Tommy John's that you lose your feel for a moment. And now you think, okay, he should be good to go uh, and ready to to soar, essentially, for the Dodgers. Yeah, I just think that there's a, a lot there. I mean, it's tough to really take any of the stuff that he did last year seriously just because of what the sure. innings were. But I think he has two heaters that he can really attack you with well, right? The the And both have elite velocity. The four-seamer showcased plus ability and getting swings and misses, you know, doing a better than average job of suppressing hard contact. The sinker doesn't get as many whiffs. It did in the smaller 21 sample size, but it's also, again, plus at getting uh, suppressing hard contact. I think people might be quick to point towards the Woba and ex-Woba regression on the four-seamer and the sinker, but we've seen the same happen with May in similar sample sizes before. Um, Again, the command issues, I think, I'm not as concerned about from last year. You mentioned the sinker, or you have, giving up a lot of hard contact, but um, I, I don't think it actually gives up that much. It doesn't give up more than league average, at least. And the the the, the bacon on it, the batting average on contact on it, was 222 last year. So it's not like guys yeah, did a good. lot that's, once that's they really were good. able to... Yeah. yeah um, so, yeah, it, it's... Yeah, you can see some regression. He's a, he's a dodger who relies on some ground balls. Maybe the shift kind of negatively benefits him. But I don't know. I think there's a possibility, too, kind of why I put him next to Kershaw where or right behind Kershaw where you're like, yeah, I'm getting 125 innings, but it could be with a really low ERA and a it relatively low whip. It could also be 150, 160. You know, it's a yeah. Tommy John yeah, Honeyman theoretically, right? Uh, I'm worried yeah. about the Dodgers being a little bit worse uh, defensively. Valid. Yeah. Uh, maybe, I mean, Rojas is there instead of Trey Turner. It's actually a positive there, but then it's Vargas and Muncy, and it's kind of mm-hmm. weird. Maybe it's Betts now, right? Uh, so maybe that will help. I don't know. Um, essentially, how good it was last year should not be replicated, is my view. Uh, but maybe maybe it is. Dustin May is just, is, is just again, is uh, such a question mark for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that you have better things that are around that time, but I'm not necessarily a disagreement. I mean, like Lance Lynn at 45, for example. What what do you have against Lance Lynn? I I actually think that's. I mean, maybe I thought it was kind of high relative to the field. No, maybe I, I'm, I'm going to probably have him like at like 30, 31. Yeah, I get that. I, um, I I don't necessarily disagree with that. I feel like he he took some steps back that had me alarmed last year. Right, like the innings 
disappeared, right? 121 innings. So know, he was I, stalled at the beginning of the year, and then he mm-hmm. had six bad starts where he was really wrestling with uh, with his knee and stuff. Cleared up. Yeah. Fi- fixed all of that, and then was dominant for his last, I guess, like three months. Yeah, I just don't know if those injury concerns for Lance Lynn at his age are going to necessarily go away. Um, the, I agree with you there. I mean, the K rate like also 20, 130 innings is what we're trying to trying to look. Sure. At. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, then I would still have like Kershaw and May over him personally. If we're talking about 120. Right. 120 yeah. yeah um, I'm seeing like I'm only commenting in that same conversation because it's I see Kershaw at 35, but then Lance Lynn at 45. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So there's other factors too, like the, the K rate dropping. Maybe that was because of the knee. The K rate was as mm-hmm. low as since 2018. The WHIP was as highest since 2019. The ERA was the highest since 2018. Um, nice swing strike rate, obviously, but the K's just kind of disappeared. He started going to the curveball a lot more in two strike counts. Uh, 15% of all the curveballs he threw were in two strike counts. He really just dropped the cutter and sinker and four seam usage to like go more uh, curveball. Um, the pitch. Had the highest put away rate of his career at 26%, but it was kind of interesting to see that usage change because it's not really a good pitch. I don't think the curveball is really that great of a pitch. Yeah. He saw also the, the interesting thing, too, he saw as many two strike counts as we usually see him get. It wasn't mm-hmm. that he was getting into fewer two strike counts, he was getting there and not yeah, the put away rate wasn't as good. Then overall, the thing is, though, yeah, but the last 86 innings of the season. Lancelin had a 2.52 ERA, 0.97 whip, 26% carry, 3% walk rate, cut the sinker usage. Yeah. Uh, and was that was the guy that we know. 17% swing strike rate on the four-seamer in that time. Uh, Cutter got a lot of strikes. It worked. This was Lance Lynn. Uh, and he looks totally normal and fine in the spring so far. Uh, I, I'm going to push him up a bit in mine. I understand your concerns. Are you saying like, look, age is getting to him. Maybe he's going to get hurt and stuff. And to, to, to believe in that stretch for the year uh, is hard to do. It's a good point, though, I, to be made of like if he recovers from that knee injury and maybe that's what we're like, maybe that's a better indication of who he is. And the stats that I pulled are all a little noisy because of that. Right. Um, OK, so we're, we're nearing the top of the hour here. And this mm-hmm. is the way I see it. We've been we've been going back and forth. What is the the podcast plan? For Nick and Alex through uh, <laughs> through March, right? We've got to get. Uh, we're going to try and guys to do that. Um, rates and barrels podcast if we can. No guarantees, yep. no promises. We had a lot of time with it. We know that they enjoyed it too. So we hope they do. At least they're not lying to us. I don't know. Uh, hopefully, we get to do that one. I have a new top 100 coming out. Um, I also have my ultimate draft guide coming out next Friday. Uh, yep. So I want to do a podcast that's just about that, which is not just pitching; it's just everything. One totally. podcast for everyone to listen to. It's a really fun thing for us to be able to, be able to do that. Um, and then we have some fun podcasts we want to do just kind of in you know, prepping for the season. We also got to get the Nick and Alex baseball show starting once mm-hmm. again at some point. So we have a lot of shows we want to do. But I was like, I got to talk to you about the the second half of this at some point. Guys. How are we going to make this happen? We're going to figure it out. We're going to find some time to record as many podcasts as we possibly can because there are so many names that I'm excited to talk about. So many. One. I mean, I wanted to talk. You want to talk about 300 with me. I was like, okay, we're going to not do that. <laughs> That's true. That is true. There are some names actually in the 90s. There's a few. Two right? or three this is, that I'm oh, yeah, really is, excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're. I'm going to ask for two more names here. By the way, it's also funny like 
Fast for the past like six months has been sending me a random DM on a picture. I'm like, oh, you're working on your top 100 right now. <laughs> and then yeah. I said this to and I said this to Eno, and he says he does the same thing to me too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Without a doubt, I, I I usually text one of you, yeah, to be like, I, hey, I, are you seeing this? Yeah, right. Um, I'm surprised. I am surprised at a good amount of these in the back 50. Uh, I'm surprised that number 75 isn't higher based on the conversation you had with me. Um, I'm surprised and upset at 67. You're a sure. fool. Yeah, that's. I knew you we were going <laughs> to talk about that one. Let- You're a fool. This is this is what we call a tease, guys. Um, but I, I mean, I mean, there are some others that, you know, I mean, I get all. I see all the reasons why you would be higher on one versus another, and of course, number 82. Of course, it's Kyle Bradish. He's as him at 82. We yeah. we're going to disagree. What was it? You want to tell everybody the interesting cut action conversation we had? Yeah, we were talking about cut action for Brandon, Brandon fought. fought. Yeah, we were talking yeah. about cut action for Brandon Fought, and I was trying to get to the nitty gritty of what it was about cut action that you didn't enjoy. And the example that you gave was like, it's not necessarily Brandon Fought. It's more Kyle Kyle Bradish with his yes. four-seamer, which has a lot of cut action. And then when we looked at the movement pro- profile of that, I was like, oh, that's what you mean. Yeah, now you get it. Yeah. That is the, yeah, now I get it. I you, you said, is there one guy? I imagine we'll probably do 50 through 100 in our next cast or whenever we yes. get to talk about this yeah. again. So there's one guy that we're not going to be able to talk to who I might be high on. And this is a guy that I messaged you about. This is a guy that I met, messaged Eno about. And I will say, too, I, you guys make it seem like I'm annoying you. I will say I have. Oh, I love it every single out. time. It's just, it yeah, cracks exactly. me up because we know exactly what's up. You're not. What's you you don't even phrase it like I'm working on my top 100. You're like, hey, what no. do you think of this one? It's like, oh, you don't know where to rank them. <laughs> Like hundred <laughs> percent. Well, it's more like so. I re- like I, I I'm fortunate. I was able to show Eno about Joe Ryan's sweeper, and he was like, "Oh, okay, right. yeah." He moved him up a little bit. You want to be able to influence your friends a little bit. I mean, you um, influence me all the time with this stuff. So uh, I also will say that I was what thirty five thousand feet up in the air on a jet blue flight texting <laughs> you about this person. Uh, and that's what I want the shout out I want to give. Shout out to Jet Blue's internet. I had t- a flight from mm. Boston and back. Is that the fly? It was. It was seamless. It was sponsored by Amazon. FlyFi sponsored by Amazon. It was <laughs> seamless. I was able to research dozens of pictures thanks to that. Um, the person I want to end got? on is Brady Singer. I knew it. Brady Singer. I, I yeah. when I was, I, I genuinely try to Convince go into me, each picture. I want right, to do it. Here we go. I genuinely try and go into each picture with as little of a bias as possible. That's impossible for uh-huh. human beings. You're always going to have a bias, right? Um. <clears throat> obviously not a huge fan of singers especially because I, I like to rag on the royals and the, their inability to develop pitching last year we saw career best 323 era from him a 358 fit right no major change in terms of arsenal he threw a few more change-ups to lefties he dropped the sinker usage down a bit and aside from june he had a really good year every month he had a sub three era except for june babbitt in line where it should be home runs still posed a little bit of a problem for him but he's in coffin so i'm not as concerned about it as much the properties on the sinker though the properties on the sinker seemed to change and they may be continuing to change. And it seemed like he was adding more and more horizontal break on the sinker as the year progressed while adding less and less vertical break. And if the spring training data is to be believed, he's continued to do this. He would be getting a career low amount of drop and a career high amount of ride. And I think that there are some really interesting changes there, no pun intended, because of what it could do to the changeup in and of itself which is not a good pitch. The changeup is not a good pitch, right? But 
I think a lot of the reason why the changeup wasn't a good pitch is because it was just a worse sinker is all that it was, right? He is adding a new movement profile to that sinker, which is going to benefit him, I think, overall. He's always been a, a called strike dude. And I'll say this too. When I reached out to Eno, I, I think I'm allowed to say this. What did Eno say to me? He looked, I think he looked at the spring training model and the stuff plus, and he said, oh, yeah, the stuff plus went up. Stuff plus went up a little bit on both the sinker and the changeup. I think those pitches are going to be impactful for him. Do I think he's all of a sudden a you know a, a low permanently low three ERA pitcher? No, I think he's a mid three ERA pitcher. But I do think that there's an opportunity for having a twenty five percent K rate, and I do think with that twenty five percent K rate, there's an opportunity for Brady Singer to go a good amount of innings. Right, he can go one hundred and seventy five, one hundred and eighty innings, which gives him one hundred and seventy five, one hundred and eighty strikeouts with a relatively low WHIP. So. In a vacuum, did I think Brady Singer was going to be able to repeat what he did last year? Not necessarily, right? Do some of the facts, aside from the new sinker, point to the fact that he could? Yeah, the BABIP is not out of line. The left on base rate is not out of line. The home run to fly ball rate is not out of line. All that Trinity stuff is not there. Now that we have that new profile, though, I start to think, oh, man, maybe he could hit a 25% K rate. That's not out of the question. If he does, he could have a really good season. Brady Singer's changeup reminds me of Street Fighter 1. Because it's the worst of the series. It's just it, it exists. We know it's there, but no one wants to talk about it. How dare you use my favorite video games against me? You understand? <laughs> you know, Street Fighter 2 is a thing, but the only reason Street Fighter 2 exists is because it had to have Street Fighter 1. Like, yeah, we know that thing is there, but like sure. it's never going to be a thing, buddy. Sure. And um, I don't I the way I see it is a couple things. One, when you say that, oh, 2022 was this and nothing really changed in this stuff, it makes me think like, well, then why are we putting more weight on those results in 2021? I feel like it's the same guy from 21 to 22. And I know you're not, you're not saying that that's what Brady Singer is, but that's that's my mm-hmm. initial reaction to Brady Singer is that I'm glad it worked out in 2022. But overall, I see the same sinker, sink, sinker slider guy as before, which means to me he's still the same cherry bomb tendencies that he's had. And there hasn't been a step forward from that, which means I'm not going to rely on him. However, you're talking about, hey, look, Sinker has changed. He's actually improved that. So if you're saying it's a higher horizontal pitch, right, what does that generally do if you're a pitcher? Well, uh, I think I don't know. It, yeah, good. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, well, there are there are two thoughts. One, OK, if he's doing it backdoor, you could have a higher called strike rate. Because guys are going to give up on it more, and then it's going to come back over to the plate and be good. And you can probably get that against lefties. You can get a righties. If you have good command of it, that could be insane. Same for against righties. You can jam it inside. Yep. The question then has become, do we believe that Brady Singer is good enough to nail the edges with a larger moving pitch? Right? Horizontally. And I would not maybe have some concern that maybe the walk rate goes up. You, you know, there's a limit to which how much movement you want because you have so much that you just have no idea where the thing is going to go and you can't actually get the strikes that you want to get with it. And I'm not necessarily I, saying that because he's adding any bit more that that's what's going to happen. I'm not because obviously it's like, oh, you just add more movement. And it's worse. Nick. that's a stupid argument. Um, I have to wonder with Brady Singer because I don't really consider him an elite command guy. I want to. <laughs> But I don't know. And I, I've seen him. I, I've watched a lot of Brady Singer. I mm-hmm. start to start like it, it can be frustrating to watch because every every at bat, like a lot of bats are like get to be like two, two, three, two because he's just the fastball goes over here. And this pitch. All right. Let's try the next one. 
And if you're saying add more movement to that, I'm curious how it does resonate through the season. I'm excited because I sure. really want to see this. I think it it is so fun. As someone who used to throw two seamers in college and do backdoor two seamers to righties and have the pitch come back and, and stun them. Mm-hmm. I adore this. It's what I loved about Aaron Nola, what I think was overlooked by him that allowed me to say like, hey guys, Aaron Nola is really good back in like 2016 or whatever, right? Was that ability. I don't sure. know if Brady Singer has it yet. And that's why I'm not as convinced as you are, but I am likely going to raise him in my ranks because of the possibility that he can yeah, while I have him around other guys that I don't think there is that chance. Hasn't, so, Singer always, hasn't Singer always been a CSW darling, though, because of his ability He's to get called strikes? He's been a called, called strike strikes. guy. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but he also has not been great on the control side. Mm. Okay. Right? Yeah. You're, yeah. So, so I'm wondering if like you add more movement to him, how is that a good thing? That is, right? But it, I, 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 I want to see it. I'm so curious now, right? I know. So and he'll the pitch of, in the WBC, yeah. which is good. Yeah, because the USA team needs anything on their on their yeah. rotation. <laughs> but that's what I'm um, saying. Like, we'll be able to see more max effort sinker. We'll be able yeah, to get a better a glimpse good at intensity him. Intensity of it, absolutely. That's yeah. a really great point. Uh, I am curious how good the stuff plus was uh, on it. I don't uh, for the like, changeup. It I think it went to hey, this is a really bad pitch to like. Um, this is a pretty okay pitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know right. what I mean. You know, which, we talked which, so much about like Glasnow and and Archer's changeups and whatnot. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if you were here for the stream earlier today when I watched Logan Gilbert. Were you there? Mm-mm. No. Oh man, you should. How was the you split? Go, you guys should go back and watch. It's like near the end of the stream. It's like right before I do the podcast. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's watch some Logan Gilbert splitters. <sighs> They were bad. Uh, it was just like, I just needed to see like a couple to be like, oh yeah, he does not have this done yet, mm. you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that you're going to see some gift somewhere of of like a, an amazing one splitter from one. Logan Gilbert. You're going to see them, maybe a couple of them, but this is not a polished, ready to go, like three, two situation, throwing the splitter. Like that's not going to happen. So I was, I, I'm still hesitant on Logan Gilbert. I don't blame you. I was literally earlier on just on the Locked On Mariners podcast with Ty Dane Gonzalez, which is a great podcast. You should go check it out. And he, I literally said the exact same thing. I was like, people get very excited about new pitch types. We have a whole meme about it, which is I will not let get myself too excited because, listen, they can throw them as much as they want. But then if they have a few that they don't like, they're not bringing it in game. They're just not. Uh, so maybe there's some some potential there with the new splitter, but I'm not really counting on it quite yet. Yeah, I gotta have that saved to my computer. I don't know how I don't. Uh, that bar. It was a good one. It was one of my better ones. Oh, I mean, that's the one that we've sent like ten times to each other at this point. I love it. Cracks me uh, up. I want to. I, I just want to blanket tweet it right now. Here it is. Good. That's why I just scrolled up endlessly. <laughs> I'm just tweeting it right now, just for the heck of it, because it's the best. Um. Anyway, that's gonna do it. We went a little bit long on this one. Uh. Congrats. We're. I guess we're gonna do the half sometime. I. Uh, <laughs> God, the, give the people what uh, they want fast. Bonus content. Uh, you know, you I'm all about bucks? it. It's just so funny because I, I raced. I was like, I got to make sure I get the top 100 dunks. We're probably going to talk about all 100. The top 50 was done, you know, three weeks ago, a month ago. Uh, but then <laughs> whatever it is, what it is. I'm very, well, the I'm thing very is excited to, get the to keep top 50 done. But you need to also get the other ones done because then there might be like one other that is 100%. Just, yeah, it's there. All right, guys, that is going to do it for today. So my name is Nick Pollock. And I'm Alex Fast, and we'll talk to you guys next week.